Good evening and welcome to Evening Thoughts. My name is Sam and I am the host of this podcast. I am a Christian and a follower of Jesus and currently I am working as a Navy chaplain. Before joining the Navy, I was a hospital chaplain and I believe that these two unique life experiences have given me a window to pain, suffering and grief and how to navigate that as a Christian. I want to minister to you, and I want to help you in any way if you find yourself in seasons of heartache and point you to the gospel, because I believe that Jesus is the greatest hope that we can find in this world and the life to come, no matter what season of life that we may find ourselves in. Before we begin, I do have a podcast-related update for you. I now have my own website. My website is called TheEveningThoughts.com, and on that website, you can find all my previous episodes, as well as some really neat new features. For example, now you can leave me a voice message. When you go to the website, there is a tab to the right. Just click on that tab and record your message. I would love to hear from you, whether it is a prayer request or a comment, and I'll pray for you on my next episode or respond to your comment as soon as I can. If you prefer to write to me, you can also click on the contact tab on top of the page and I will ensure to get back to you as soon as I can as well. Lastly, I have begun to write blogs. On that same website, you can find my blogs under the tab on the top of the page uh, entitled blog. Uh, Let me know how I can continue to improve my website or what you think of the new layout. Again, my website is called TheEveningThoughts.com and my goal is to stay connected with you and make it easier for you and I to stay connected as time moves on. As some of you may know, my wife and I are currently houseless. We are houseless but not homeless. We're just about a week out from permanently flying out to Japan and we will live in Japan for the next several years, God willing. And because we'll be gone for so long, uh, we have been visiting my parents in Colorado. And I've shared this in my previous episodes with you, but my dad has stage 4 colorectal cancer. He was diagnosed with it in 2017, and to our great joy, he has outlived all expectations with regular visits to his oncologist and bi-monthly chemo treatments. I can't say, though, that the last several years have been pleasant for him. You see, his cancer is growing and spreading. His treatments has allowed him to live on to this day, but we have observed cancer slowly taking him from us. Now, I know I talk a lot about grief and death on this podcast, and I think it is because the reality of our family right now is centered on his death. And by talking about it, I'm able to process my experience. And at the same time, I hope those of you who have gone through similar things in life may find that you are not alone. Personal and family illness can feel isolating at times. And my hope is that if you clicked on this episode, because the topic hits home for you, I hope that you will find some level of connection with me and feel less lonely, and that you're not in it all by yourself. The topic of this episode, as you know, 
because you clicked on it, is when death comes slowly. Last week, my podcast episode was entitled, When Death Comes Suddenly, and I talked about the unique grief that a person goes through when the unexpected happens. But what about when death comes slowly? What about when, at times, the anticipation of death of a loved one happens over a span of months and even years? As I've said, my wife and I are here with my parents in Colorado for the last week, and I've been in the emergency room twice because my dad has had ongoing nonstop diarrhea related to his colon cancer. I think we counted that he was going to the bathroom like 30 times a day. Can you imagine how exhausting that would be? And so I've taken him to the emergency room twice in one week, and each time I took my dad to the hospital, my mom has said that she didn't know if it would be the last time that she would see him alive. You see, my dad is in the latter stages of his stage four cancer, and our family is going through what is called anticipatory grief. Anticipatory grief is loss before something happens. Both a person dying and the family members can feel anticipatory grief. Often it is accompanied by anger, sadness, tearfulness, loneliness, guilt, fear, isolation, fatigue, and exhaustion. And for some, apathy can be signs of anticipatory grief. The last several years have been good to us in a sense because it has given our family an opportunity to say goodbye and to find some level of closure. You see, my dad was an emotionally absent father. He loved us in his own way, but he wasn't always emotionally there for us. However, during the last several years, he has made immense growth in expressing his love for us. And I remember my last visit, he apologized to me for not being a dad that I needed him to be when I was younger. And so in this way, he has had time to grow and to find peace with our family. And I appreciate that because not all families approach anticipatory grief this way. Sometimes people tend to distance themselves from their loved ones as a response to their death. So I'm thankful that at least for us, my dad has chosen to lean into us and respond warmly to us. However, the other side is that we have seen him slowly wither away. Cancer has a tendency to do that, doesn't it? It takes the person slowly away before your eyes. When I was younger, I always thought my dad as Superman. You know how children sometimes think about their dads as untouchable and unbeatable? It's the whole, my dad can beat up your dad kind of thing. And I really believe that he was indestructible. I remember asking him to flex his muscles, and I would be amazed at how strong he was. And now he is all but bones. And as my family and I anticipate his death, I have learned some things that I like to share with you. Now, before I share this, would you know that this is my experience? But I would love to hear from you. What has your experience been like? I would love to learn from you and, and see from your perspective of how anticipatory grief has looked like in your own experience. The first thing that I have learned is that death is inevitable. On one of the ER visits, my dad slumped into the passenger seat of my car, and he jokingly said, Well, it turns out that I'm not a god. 
I guess I'm human after all. And although it was a joke, and I do love that, that he maintains his humor through all of this, I think that some of us can relate to that. When we're young, we think that we're immortal and untouchable, and that can feed into our fearlessness and tendency to take risks that our bodies are not ready to cash. With age, and especially a terminal illness, though, we learn very quickly how fragile our bodies really are. Life does have a way of humbling us, doesn't it? You may have heard your friend say something like, I'm no spring chicken, or I'm not as fast as I used to be. And that's because age comes for us all, and death is inevitable. As my family anticipate my father's death, it reminds us, it, it reminds me of my own mortality. Most of us don't like to think about death on a regular basis. And as we see cancer take my dad's body, we're often reminded that death is not far from us. But perhaps there's another reminder that death brings. You see, death sometimes reminds us to live. When I was a hospital chaplain, I met a man named Gordon, who was an elderly man dying of cancer. And as I visited with him one day, he said, Chaplain Cho, would you do me a favor? I said, of course. And he asked me to do something I have never forgotten. It, it actually changed my life. He said, would you take a road trip to the Grand Canyon for me? I'm too old to go and see it with my own eyes. But if I can ask you to go in my place, go and enjoy the view, go and make time to live for me. And I did. And after I gave the eulogy at his funeral, I took a long road trip in my Honda Civic to the Grand Canyon. I stood at the rim of the majestic canyons and I thought of Gordon and I was thankful. That started a quest to visit all the national parks uh, in America, in the United States. I think there's like some 50 plus or so and I've gone to about 20 plus or so over the years. But I did. I went to the Grand Canyon, which is the first national park that I've ever been to. You see, death reminds us how precious our lives really are. Death reminds us to live. Yes, it is inevitable. And yes, it comes for us all. But perhaps it can also remind us of the brevity of our lives. Perhaps death and the prospect of dying can remind us of how short our lives really are. James chapter 4, verse 14 says, What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Sometimes when I pass by a fatal traffic accident, I think about how there's a person who got up that morning and left for work but never made it. And so James is right. Life is a vapor. There are mornings when the mist rolls towards us like a blanket, but when the sun comes out, the mist vanishes and so does our life. Life is short and uncertain. There are no promises for tomorrow. Sometimes we're so sure that there will be a next year or the year after, but would you be reminded, and may I be reminded this evening, to humble ourselves before the Lord. If it is God's will, for us to be here, then let it be. But don't become so comfortable with this life that you think that death will never come, because it will come. I know that sounds a bit morbid, perhaps, 
but it, it also keeps us grounded and humble. Death is inevitable. Let each day count. Don't hold on to grudges. Let go of bitterness. Let go of pride. Forgive and love those who are hard to love. Don't take yourself so seriously. Laugh often. Be silly and live. The second lesson that I've learned over the last several years anticipating my father's death is that anticipatory grief is multi-layered. On one of the days when I was visiting my parents, I was carrying two big packs of bottled water. You know, the kind that Costco sells, right? Uh, they're, they're pretty big. Anyways, when my dad saw me carrying two big packets of bottled water, he insisted that he take the top pack. And I tried to tell him not to take it, that I was fine. But stubbornly, he took the top packet and I saw him stagger. And although he safely made it inside the house, immediately went to his room and monitored his oxygen level. His oxygen level had plummeted and he had to take a couple minutes to recover. And when he found the energy to say something, he said something like, gosh, I wasn't expecting that to be so heavy and that it would take so much out of me. Anticipatory grief brings a multifaceted form of loss. For some, it is realizing that they're no longer able to do the things that they could do. Maybe they feel a little helpless and more limited than they like to admit. Anger is usually a close cousin to feeling helpless as your body betrays you and prevents you from doing things that you once enjoyed doing. And I saw that in my dad. My job as a Navy chaplain takes me away from living near my parents, and my next set of orders is taking me halfway around the world to Japan. My oldest sister has taken a bulk of the responsibility of taking my dad to his appointments and functioning in part as a caretaker, and I can't imagine what the last five years has been like for her. I only got a glimpse of this when I took my dad to the emergency room twice this week sitting with him hours upon hours, waiting for test results and waiting for scans and for the doctor to review his file and come talk to us was a long and arduous process. And my sister has done that for five years. But she does it day in and day out. She sits with my dad when he goes to his oncologist. She sits with him as the nurse comes and draws blood from his port on his chest. She's been there the whole time. And it was my sister's 45th birthday this week, and we threw her an intimate and small birthday party with just our small family. And we had a good time, but it was a bit solemn. Perhaps in the back of our minds, we all realized that this may be the last time he would celebrate her birthday. Before I left, I thanked her for all the hard work she has put into taking care of our dad. She just smiled, and that smile told me all I needed to know that she would do it all over again. For my mom, I have observed that she is dealing with the eminent loss of a life companion. If my sister is one part of his caretaker, my mom is the other half. But her grief is a different kind of grief than our own. Can you imagine being with someone for over 47 years and, and watching that person slowly die? My dad has been with her most of her life and has done almost everything for her. She has leaned on him for most of her adult life, and the prospect of not being with him frightens her. 
I can understand that. From the day when my dad was diagnosed five years ago, she has made it a mission to prepare all meals for my dad. I imagine this is her way of controlling something in a situation where she feels mostly helpless. And she does such a great job. And I think part of my dad's endurance this far is her feeding him food that is healthy and good for his body to digest. She often talks about not knowing what she would do when my dad dies. I had an opportunity to sit down with her and talk to her about her grief. And she talked about how she's scared and doesn't know what to do after my dad dies. She talked about her own death and the desire to not live too long without my dad. And she looks at her death with anticipation and excitement because she gets to be with Jesus and she gets to be with my dad. And I pray that that would happen soon, that there would be no delay. I know it sounds strange for me to say that, but as a Christian, I know that she's going to a better place and that she's going to be with my dad in the appointed time that God has allotted. I pray that she would be with my dad uh, as God allows. I am thankful that our family have been able to lean on each other. It makes losing my dad less scary, and it makes it less lonely. Now, there is no perfect way to prepare for the loss of a loved one, but to a certain degree, I think our family is doing the best we can, and perhaps that is the best thing we can ask of one another. We do the best with what we have. Some say that anticipatory grief makes the death of a loved one easier, in a sense, because you've had time to prepare. I'm not so sure of that. Perhaps to a point, but to a larger degree, grief cannot be quantified, and the level of grief that happens after a person's death varies. Whatever may come, though, the best thing to do is take your grief to the Lord, and we take our grief to the Lord all the time, and entrust it to to God, and let God handle your grief and bear it with you. He is stronger than you or I. He can comfort us in a way that no one can. How about for you? How has anticipatory grief looked like in your own life? Who have you lost in your life that you are grieving for? And how are you doing in your grief? Do you have family or friends that you can lean on? If you're part of a church, then lean on your existing support structure. If you don't belong to a church or a support group, then feel free to message me at theeveningthoughts.com, and I'd love to pray with you and hear your story. If you're able, would you pray with me? God, you understand our grief. You know what it's like to lose a loved one because you sent your only son into the world to die for our sins. And Jesus, you died for our sins on the cross. You were sinless. You didn't do anything wrong. And yet you chose to die for rebellious sinners. But you did not stay dead. You are alive. You are interceding right now on our behalf to the Father. Thank you that you know what we go through. And during our time of grief, would you comfort us by your strength and your might? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, that is it for me this evening. Thank you again for joining me. I hope that this episode was helpful for you as you navigate your own grief. Let's not do it alone. Let's talk about it. Let's not carry it by ourselves. Let's help each other grieve well. I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your weekend and take care of yourself. And as always, peace and blessings. Good night.